0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome to the Road to Wire Prospect Podcast. I'm your host, James Anderson. I'm joined this week by Bailey Srebnik, who contributes to Fantasy Six Pack and is the co-host of the florida prospect podcast uh bailey i really appreciate you taking the time to join me how are you doing
2: absolutely thank you for having me on i'm doing well and i'm really looking forward to our our discussion today
1: yeah i i can say with confidence that you are the first uh high school graduate uh, to join me the the week of his uh graduation and uh with similar confidence i can say that you are probably the first valedictorian to ever come on the show uh so how is this just a really busy time for you
2: yeah it's been a really busy week uh, my graduation is this upcoming monday and um you know there's just been a lot of like uh, rehearsals and assemblies and uh i've been pouring like several several hours into my speech so there's just been a lot of time uh dedicated to that but i'm really glad we we're able to make this work
1: well uh i wonder if i wonder how many valedictorians have had uh time to sort of um practice their their public speaking uh, via baseball podcasting uh, when they're in high school. Um, probably a pretty short list. yeah,
2: probably not a probably not a lot. Uh,
1: so why don't you just give us a, some quick uh, like kind of background? Uh, I know you're in Florida, uh, but how long have you been going to minor league baseball games? Uh, and then what uh, sort of led to you kind of taking it from just a, a hobby and a a sport that you really like to watch to something where you wanted to produce the content to go along with it.
2: Yeah, sure. So I was, uh, I was born and raised in here in South Florida. Um, I, baseball has always been my favorite sport ever since I was a little kid. I remember wearing a, a Marlins Miguel Cabrera jerseys to school. Um, and, um, yeah, so I would say my fandom was taken to like the next level. Uh, back in 2017, I went to a Daytona Tortugas game, The Tortugas were down to their last out down by a run and Brantley bell who had not hit a home run all year up until that point hit a come from behind walk off two run Homer. And I just, it was such a really cool experience to be there, especially since I wasn't even like, I didn't have a rooting interest at the time. Um, So it just kind of opened my eyes as to how special minor league baseball can be. And, you know, ever since I've gone to about 25 games a year, not counting 2020. So, and you know, I, i appreciate you know how like um a lot of people in like the minor league baseball community like uh seek out like highlights and stuff and since you know i'm at these games in person and some of which are not televised like the ones at roger dean um i like being able to like share the experience with people on like social media or through articles so they can get a lens in to see um how the players are doing
1: yeah that's that's super cool um You know, I know we've got a lot of people that do great work in terms of getting content out and stuff like that in Arizona, Uh but Florida, you know, it's, it's awesome to have uh people like yourself uh, with, with eyes on these guys in person, getting video on them. Uh Have you, so your, your home park basically is Jupiter right now, right? Yes. And uh have you been to most of the parks in Florida, the minor league parks?
2: I have been to all of them except uh, the Yankees, the recently renovated Blue Jays, and then the new one that the Braves just opened up. But that one's only spring training anyway.
1: And what's your favorite of the, the minor league parks down there?
2: I think I got to go with uh, the one in Daytona, Jackie Robinson ballpark. Um, it's definitely not the flashiest or prettiest ballpark in the league, but um, there's just so much history there. You can like truly like feel it when you're there. Um, they have like a whole museum dedicated to Jackie since, uh, he broke the, uh, he originally broke the color barrier in Daytona at that very stadium. Um, it's over a century old, but they've done some renovations. So it's really nice. And, um, there's really not a bad seat in the house. It's very like, it's a smaller ballpark. So it's a nice, like, uh, inclusive vibe.
1: Nice. Well, that's, yeah, that sounds like a, a good stop for anyone down in Florida. Um, I've only been to the one in, uh, Pensacola, uh, among the ones, uh, down there, but, um, I'm sure that you, uh, get to enjoy the weather and, uh, there's just so much baseball down there. It's, it's not quite as centralized as in Arizona, but, um, really cool that you've been kind of, uh, putting your location and your love of baseball, uh, to work, uh, in terms of covering prospects down there. Uh, so let's, let's just get into some of the guys that you've seen this year. Uh, you've seen some pretty big name guys some guys that I know a lot of our our listeners will be interested to, to get uh, a firsthand account on uh, we can start with your your home team the the Jupiter uh, squad that's got uh, a bunch of very exciting young infielders on it uh Khalil Watson I think was a guy that I certainly thought was gonna really break out this year and and sort of establish himself as uh, one of the best uh, young prospects in the minors, but he's really been uh, pretty cold uh, lately and the strikeouts have been a major issue. Uh, how many times have you seen Watson and, and what's been sort of your takeaways in terms of how his season has gone?
2: Yeah. So it's definitely been a mixed bag so far. I've seen him twice. Um, and similarly to you, I was really high on him this off season. I had him ranked uh, second on my first year player draft list. So I thought he'd be, you know, I thought he'd really hit the ground running. But ever since he had that like that hot week where he had like multiple home runs, he's really just kind of been in a been in a slump. And um, I think across the two games I've seen him uh, play, he struck out six times, which, you know, is not um, not what you want to see from your first round pick in their first taste of pro ball or at least full season pro ball. Um, when he hits the ball, he hits it really hard. I saw him line a ball like 106 mile per hour for an RBI single. It was great contact. Um, but he really needs to work on his plate discipline. Um, there was a he was playing against Keyshawn Askew of the uh, the Mets the first time I saw him uh, saw him play, and Askew has this uh, this slider that like really breaks away from the plate, like pretty much finishes in the other batter's box. Like when you're watching it, you're like, how could anyone even swing at that? And I, I, he threw that pitch three times to Watson It finished in the other batter's box three times. And Watson just swung at all three pitches. It wasn't even close. And, you know, and I, I'm not, I haven't lost my faith with Watson at all. I think he's an incredibly talented player with, you know, definitely above average power. And I think he, he still has that superstar potential we thought he had coming into the season. But I think it's going to be a longer um, development process than we originally thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the hope with a guy like that, uh we knew about the tools, right? Like the the speed and the raw power uh very evident when he was a, a prep and I think you could very easily imagine those being plus tools at peak and what maybe well into his 20s. Uh but I always want a guy like that to sort of develop the hit tool first in right. pro ball. And it I've just sort of from afar, I've been sort of getting the impression that maybe he's trying to hit a home run almost every time up there. Is that sort of what you're seeing?
2: Yeah, it is. I would say that's pretty accurate. Um, Just, you know, he uh, it's weird because I feel like the later he gets in the game and this might just be anecdotal, but I think the later he gets in the game, the more patient he gets, like maybe he realizes, OK, well, the first two times I came up, I was swinging at everything. and It wasn't working. Um, and then he's like taking pitches and he's getting better outcomes, but yeah, no, I feel like he's just been really swing happy and that's why, you know, he's striking out over 40% of the time when we really were expecting it to be more in the twenties. So, um, I think it's something he definitely fixed. They have uh, good coaching in Jupiter and the Marlins development staff. So, you know, I wouldn't be concerned yet. Uh, definitely don't, don't trade him away in dynasty yet. Just yet. Don't, you know, sell low, but just keep an eye on him. You know, if he's still. Not producing by like August, then maybe it would be time to like uh, look more into it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's tough because you, yeah, you don't want to overreact and just write a guy off, but at the same time, it is you know, it is single a, uh, a lot, you know, most of the guys who end up going on to make it, and especially the, the power speed guys, the, the guys with his type of bat speed. Uh usually you don't see this level of struggles until they get to double A or so. Right. Um so I'm I'm concerned. Uh I don't think anything about the ceiling has changed. I just sort of think maybe the likelihood of him reaching that ceiling is a little lower than it than it might have been um before the season.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, the, the floor is definitely lower than it was a month ago. Um, but I do I do agree the ceiling is still there, so I'm actually going to see him the night uh, play again. So hopefully, hopefully the results are more positive.
1: So his teammate Ian Lewis uh, has really had uh, nothing but positive results since oh, yeah. re- since reporting to uh, Jupiter. Uh, how would you describe uh, first of all? Is sort of like Lewis's um, physical build, uh, power, speed. You know, long term projection, and then just what you've seen from him in, in games.
2: Yeah, so um, I think I, like a comp I've seen thrown on him a lot, because he is also Bahamian, is Jazz, uh, Jazz Chisholm comp. I think it is a pretty valid comp, because they do have pretty similar games in terms of speed and power. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't expect him to reach Jazz Chisholm heights just yet, but I think he's on, on the track to do so. Um, I definitely think, yes, he has above average speed. I think there is still room for him to – like. Um, grow physically and add more like strength and power. Um, but what I saw from him so far has been really positive. Just, um, he's been having good at bats. He rocked a a double off the wall uh, the other night. Um, I know he hit a home run over the weekend. Um, I think um, it was his first, uh, first of the season. Um, yeah, I think his OPS is like over 900. He's just, uh, he's, you know, I think he's everything we thought Khalil Watson would be doing going into the season. And, um, yeah, like the writing was on the wall. Like he was, you know, he was playing like this last season too, you know, in rookie ball and, um, everyone, you know, was waiting. Like, are they going to call up Lewis? And, you know, they didn't, but now that he's finally in full season ball, he's really, uh, he's getting on everyone's radar.
1: Yeah. They're basically the same age, Lewis and, uh, watson and i think they're they're pretty close too right like aren't they pretty good friends um so that that's an interesting kind of comparison obviously i think watson has the superior sort of very loud tools that stand out in terms of just batting practice or something like that uh but lewis might have the better hit tool or i think he probably does have the better hit tool at this stage do you think that's fair to say
2: I would, yeah. So from what I've seen, I would, uh, I would have more confidence in Ian Lewis reaching his potential just off of the hit tool. I think he does have a better hit tool, and I would agree in terms of like you know loud tools, raw power, um, just you know build. I would give um the edge to Cleo Watson in that category, but, um, uh, but yeah, I, I think Ian Lewis is. I expected him to do well, and I think his hit tool and just his overall just. Uh, his profile is even uh, more impressive than I thought.
1: And the other uh, big name infielder on that Jupiter team is uh, Jose Salas, who is not making his full season debut this year. He actually got to spend 27 games there as an 18 year old uh, last year, but uh, the the statistical production this year not amazing not jumping off the page sort of similar to last year which you could definitely write off of as him being like one of the youngest players in the league but is solace you know a tier two behind uh watson and lewis
2: i think at this at this point yes but i still really like solace um so i i did get to see him a couple times last year and i've seen a couple times this year um and i Completely understand. Understand, uh, stats-wise, he's not. You know, he's not producing the numbers you would like to see from a prospect of his pedigree. Um, but I think that I think that that will come with time. Um, his batted ball rates are um, and metrics are really impressive for a kid his age against the level of competition he's going up against. Um, I remember, I think in one game I saw him. He had like two or three hits above 100 miles per hour. Um, I know that that's not all of it. You know, he needs to still be getting on base and playing good defense and everything that goes into it. But I think, um, you know, he's still making a positive impression, even if he's not, you know, producing right away. And I, th- I think, you know, I know this is an easy um, uh, way to write it off, but I do think it might be an age thing. You know, he is still pretty young for the level. I think if he gets just more time to develop, we could see him finally start to, um, you know, uh, come into his own. Um, you know, going into the season, I would have said he was a borderline top 100 prospect just off of his tools. I don't have him that high anymore. You know, I think he's maybe back in 200, uh, you know, just because the stats haven't been there. But I think he still does have that potential that, you know, Lewis and Watson also have. But he is currently a step behind them.
1: Yeah. And these three, are they're all 19 year old, 19 years old. They're all very close in age. But Salas actually is the youngest of the three. Uh, despite being the one who uh, did get to, to low A last year. Uh, every every time I watch Solace, or watch him on video, I should say, I I leave kind of not as impressed with his sort of quick twitch athleticism. Like you see the, the stolen base totals, and you would think that you're getting kind of a, a speed guy that might develop power. Uh, but I just I never really get the sense that as his body develops, he's going to be... Uh, a plus runner or even an above average runner is is that a fair assessment on solace
2: um i think it's definitely a fair assessment i think he could still be a guy who gets double digit stolen bases in a full season just because he accumulates them um you know maybe he's not going to be you know like jazz chisholm where he's stealing 2025 20, even more bases a year but i think he is a guy who he's not going to put up a zero or a one in the stolen base category if he make you know, if he gets a full season in the majors at some point.
1: So the next team uh <clears throat> probably has the, the most uh prospect star power after Jupiter, I would say is Daytona. Uh we could start with Jay Allen, who was their really exciting pick from from last year's draft, had a had a great showing in the Arizona Complex League last year. Uh he's been walking a lot uh, so far this year. Uh just before we talk about exactly what he's been doing in games, how would you describe Alan physically right now? Like how what do you think he his measure measurables are? Because he's listed at six three one ninety. Uh but I'm interested if you if you think that's accurate.
2: Huh. Um I think so. I mean I stood next to him. I'm five eleven and a half, so I think I think he was taller than me. I um not entirely sure though. I think I don't I don't he's definitely not taller than six three, I don't think. Um
1: like has he do you think he's put on cuz i i i'm picturing him like when he's fully uh developed just being really um physically imposing up there um in terms of just strength and uh muscle mass is that like how how impressive was he from like a strength standpoint when you when you saw him
2: i would say he was impressive but i don't think he was as impressive as you think he will be at some point um i think there is definitely still room for him to bulk up um so yeah
1: did he uh, – what like what, what? did you come away with in terms of, like, were you really impressed when you saw him? Uh, what stood out?
2: Um, so the interesting thing with him this year is we were expecting, a, like, a big power speed guy. Um, and he's had extra base hit power so far this year, but he hasn't really had, like, home run power yet. And I, I get the Florida State League is known for, you know, suppressing hitters' power. Um, But he's still some, in spite of that, put up a really good season so far with his walk rate, his, you know, just pretty much everything else in his profile. Um, And I would say the most impressive thing so far that I've seen from him is his speed. Um, He turned a ground out into a three base error, basically just because he put pressure on the pitcher to get the throw into first base in time. And he didn't because Allen is so fast. So uh, the speed is definitely legit. And there is. You know, he definitely has room to bulk up and add more power. And I think, you know, if they at some point gets a promotion to Dayton, I think he's, we're going to see the, an uptick in home run, um, the home run numbers, just because that is a more hitter friendly ballpark than Daytona.
1: So, is his sixteen uh, percent walk rate uh, just him being having a really good eye, or maybe being a little too passive up there?
2: That's a good question because, uh, we, you know, that was a conversation that was had about Austin Hendrick last year when he was not swinging at anything. Um, with Allen, I think I would lean more good eye than being too passive. Um, it also could be that the pitchers are pitching around him though. Daytona does have a good lineup, so that wouldn't make a ton of sense, but no, I think it is a good eye. I think, um, you know, especially cause he's still putting up a high batting average and, uh, is really excelling in every area of the game except, like I said, the home run total so far. So, uh, yeah, I would say he's got good good plate discipline.
1: So yeah, if he could just if he can just tap into that that power, I mean, he physically there's power there to get. Uh, guys don't always maximize that. I mean, you could look at guys like uh, like Jason Hayward comes to mind as like a guy that you just thought would develop big time power and it it showed flashes at times but never really happened like if he can just sort of tap into uh the raw power that's in there i mean we could be talking about uh a big time prospect down the road so it's just kind of a matter of um when that happens and and if that happens
2: definitely and i would say um even despite the um i guess uncertainty about how much power he will have i would still have him uh, a borderline like top 50 prospect. I think the rest of his profile is so um, enticing that I think you don't even necessarily need the power to reach its ceiling for him to be a really productive player. Yeah,
1: I, I think that's totally fair. Uh, borderline top 50 seems fair to me. Uh, you mentioned Austin Hendrick. I wouldn't just by looking at the stats, I wouldn't say that he deserved a promotion to high A necessarily, but it maybe seemed like they just wanted to put put a little bit more pressure on him uh, make room for for some other guys did you uh, were you surprised when you saw he got a promotion and and what did he look like this year
2: um so hendrick's been interesting cuz obviously last year it was it was up and down you know he was injured and then when he was healthy he wasn't swinging um and then to start the year i think he started the year like 0 for 11 with eight strikeouts i'm pretty sure that's accurate um, which is obviously not good. Um, but then, like, it, just like that, he turned it around. He had, like, a streak of, like, four games where he had uh, uh, multiple home runs and, like, uh, a couple more hits. So he started getting hot again. Um, and, you know, the stats aren't, like, amazing yet, but I think he did do enough to earn a promotion. You know, he's, he was a former first-round pick. The Reds know what they have in him. At some point, you know, he's already played what went healthy, a full season in uh, single A and I think there's really no uh, no harm in testing him against high A pitching. You know, if he struggles, um, you know, then he'll he learn to either uh, overcome it or you know that's that. But I think I think it's a worthwhile uh, you know attempt to uh, get him up uh, acclimated against higher level pitching.
1: Yeah, that'll be that'll definitely be eye opening. Like if he if he holds his own at, at high A, that would be very impressive. So I think he he could move. Up uh, my prospect rankings by the next time they're
0: updated. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: Yerlin Kaffedon, you got eyes on him before he hit the IL with a quad injury. What did you what did you see from Yerlin Kaffedon?
2: Yeah, so um Confidant's an interesting player. He was like a really like he was touted as like an under-the-radar type guy in the uh, Arizona Complex League last year who like uh could be like a guy who rises up the rankings. Um his swing is interesting. There are I've you know read people who aren't convinced he'll be able to It'll be able to work for him as he goes up the ladder of the minor leagues. I Personally, I think he can succeed with it. Um, the real question is wh- how much contact he can make. Um, and I think he's going to need a full season in low way to find out how good that hit tool is. Um, the power and speed are, I think, are above average. The speed definitely is really fast. Um, I don't know if he has home run power, though. It's kind of similar to... I guess Jay Allen, um, you know, he's confidant can put up high exit velocities, but I don't, I don't know if he's going to be hitting them, hitting them over the fence yet. If that makes sense, I think. Um, but I think it is a guy like in a deep league. I would still want a roster because he has like such tantalizing raw tools that if the hit tool actually clicks, that he can he can be a guy. So um, I over, overall I was impressed, and he has um, 80 grade hair. So that's that always <laughs> uh, that always helps the profile
1: absolutely uh i mean we're not it's not uh at 80 grade so i mean are we talking like on a luis garcia of the astros level uh hair grade here
2: Ooh, i mean it's up there i mean he has like um i, th- I would say he like dreads and they're like dyed uh at the bottom and uh well the only only other better hair i've seen this season is also from daytona there's a player named debbie santana the yep. right half of his head or his hair is dyed green and then the left half is dyed pink that's that's the best hair i think i've ever seen in the minor leagues
1: yeah that's uh that's awesome it's like a yeah. it's like a watermelon uh, <laughs> pretty much mix um so maybe the guy that uh, that you've seen who's maybe generated the most positive buzz this season is alex ramirez with the mets who like solace was at uh low a for a good chunk of last season as an 18 year old uh unlike Salas he's just been fantastic statistically in a return to uh single a uh what what have you seen from from Amiras?
2: Oh I'm I'm absolutely sold on Alex Ramirez. He's been just one of my favorite players to watch so far this season. Um I went I, when I went to the uh, Mets first Hammerheads game. I'm like, "Okay, can't wait to see, you know, Khalil Watson, maybe even Jose Salas." And I walked away like, "Oh, Ramirez is the best player I saw on the field today Um, I just I think he has the chance to just really be like that complete package Um, I think his hit tool is uh, really good Um, you know the uh, uh, the, I think the thing with him is like a lot of prospects we've been talking about today and I think it's a it's a common thing in the Florida State League is you know does he have that home run power and, and you know will he but he's had extra base power for sure. Like his slugging percentage is insane. It doesn't even need to go over the fence for him to, to do damage. Um, and the funny thing is I liked Alex Ramirez so much from my first um, viewing of seeing him play. I was like, I'm going to make time in my schedule to go to a game again and see him play um, while he's in town before he gets promoted. And I did, he went over for 4 that <laughs> night. And then I think every <laughs> other game in that series, he had multiple hits. Like it was like, oh, no. he knew I was there, but, no, overall, this is just like um he's. I, I'm just waiting for the day to see the tweet. Alex Ramirez has been promoted from St. Lucie because I, I just I don't see him being here that much longer because he's just really nothing left to prove.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, man, that that tweet might even come across before I post this podcast. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, like I'm not worried about the power with him at all. Really, uh, like when you yeah. see him, when you see him make good contact, it's pretty clear that power is going to be there. I wonder if I think the bat to ball is probably uh, quite good for a guy his age with his tools. Uh, but is the selectivity at the plate maybe something that he might need to work on? Or maybe he needs a promotion to tougher competition to even be able to work on that.
2: I would say, yeah, definitely the second thing. I think um, he's very capable of, of um, pitch selection against the level of pitching he's facing now. Um, If, you know, the Mets promoted him to high A, it would be more of a challenge. And we'll see like, you know, truly how good his plate discipline is. But I came away really impressed with his hit tool. I think he uh, yeah, I think he can really hold his own. And I mean, it's it's a really good sign when a guy, you know, hit uh, as young as he is, was up with the, uh, the Mets towards the tail end of spring training. Like they were giving him reps with the major league team against major league pitchers. So, you know, that's um, that shows how much faith the Mets have in him.
1: And he's five for 11 on the bases this year. Do you think like, how much do you think the speed sort of translates as he, as he ages and as he, you know, 22, 23, 24 years old?
2: Yeah. So I think, I think the speed translates. I think he's a, he's a quick guy, but you know, some guys just aren't, you know, good base dealers. I mean, we saw it with, um, seeing with Randy Rosarena this year. I think he's stolen like seven or eight bases so far, but he's also like been thrown out the same amount of time. So like, you know, it's, I think instincts plays a lot in it too. So, you know, if he's getting thrown out half the time, I think that's that's something that the Mets will need to work on him with because he definitely has the speed to steal bases.
1: Yeah, Christian Pache is another guy that comes to mind in terms yep. of the success rate on the bases being an issue. Uh, How you Lee uh, has really kind of been one of the Phillies top breakout guys this year. He's age appropriate for single A. He's just 19, uh, turned 19 just before the start of the season. And he's really putting up impressive numbers for, for Clearwater. What have you seen from how you lee?
2: Yeah, I was really excited that, uh, he was in the lineup last week when I saw the Threshers, um, he has a very compact swing and he can do, he can do a lot of damage with it. He, he's close to, uh, I think he has eight home runs already. Um, just, uh, yeah, he was, and he was going up against a pretty good pitcher too. And he, um, I believe he had one hit the night I saw him and, um, the he does have some speed. I don't I don't know if he'll be like a stolen base guy, but I think he could be a sneaky power guy. And because, um, you know, when you when you see him, he's not like uh, like he doesn't have like the build of like a Khalil Watson or, or that kind of guy where they just you see them. And they're like really muscular, um, at least, you know, when I was like close by to him. But, you know, the the numbers speak for themselves. He's you know, he's the, uh, he's got he's, hit tools 100 percent above average. Um, and I think it play. that's how the power numbers are playing up. Cause he's just hitting everything he sees. Um, and he's turning them into extra base hits, and a lot of them are leaving the ballpark. So, um, I was really impressed with him and he's another guy. Uh, I don't expect to be in the Florida state league much longer cause I think he's going to warrant a promotion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how, how close do you, do you view him as, as he kind of moved into sort of borderline top 100 prospect territory?
2: I, I would think so. I think right now uh, he's easily in the top 200, uh, probably top 150. And if he, you know, has another month in Clearwater where he's just off the charts good, or if he gets promoted to single lane and just keeps chugging along, like it's going to be hard to not rank him at a top 100 prospect. You know, just the sheer, you know, impressive stats he's putting up. Like he, he clearly – he's clearly a guy. So I think – and the Phillies – they that's been a struggle within the past couple of years with hitting prospects, you know, like Mickey Moniak, Adam Hazley, Like they've had a lot of guys not pan out and, um, you know, Bryson Stott's the number one guy in terms of hitters right now, but after him, you know, Johan Rojas, I guess, but I, you know, I've come, I came away more impressed with my viewing of Lee than I did Rojas last year. So I think Lee could rock it up to number three overall by the end of the season behind Abel and, um, and Painter and maybe even ahead of Abel. So it really depends.
1: That's good context on on Lee versus, versus Rojas last year. I mean, I think, you, yeah, you're, you're totally right. We're talking about these guys and, like, whether the power is going to come. And here's Lee, who's the same age as as these guys with uh, maybe more pedigree or loud power tools, and he's getting to it in games already. So uh, very impressive start to the season for him. And then uh, on the pitching side, you saw Tink Hence with Palm Beach. Uh, In the Cardinals organization, Uh, the video I've seen of, of him, uh, well, dating back, even when he was an amateur, but I mean, he's just very impressive. Like you can fall in love with the upside with him. Uh, How good did he look when you saw him?
2: Oh, I was, I was beyond impressed. Like, you know, I was, I was excited when I heard he was going to be the starting pitcher the night I was going. And um, yeah, like just his fastball, like, um, so scouting sites have him around a 60 grade on his fastball. I would say, at worst, I think I would call it a 70 grade fastball, and I have seen people on Twitter in the past week uh, insinuate it's an 80 grade fastball. Just I think it's I think it's a lot better than most people realized, or he's gotten better than he was a year ago. Because remember, we haven't you know he hasn't been in front of people. I think he, going before he started pitching last week, he had like eight career innings, so he just there hasn't been a lot to go off from him. But uh, the, the fastball was very lively. Uh, and what I really liked from him was the curveball, just the um the uh the opposing hitters just had nothing they could do against it. He struck out um Sung Che Chang of the Marauders, who i also I do like quite a bit, struck him out twice, uh pretty much both on the same pitch that just curveball that just at the very end just drops right you know into the zone. um He went three innings, one hit which was an infield single, and uh, sh- uh struck out five guys. And then he pitched another three inning outing the following week, and now he's actually pitching tonight against Khalil Watson, and I'll be there. So that's going to be a really fun matchup. Also, you know, with Lewis and uh, solace. so that's I think that might be the biggest test he he gets so far this season.
1: Oh, yeah. nice! That's that'll be a great opportunity to get some video, uh, Absolutely. hence versus those those guys on Jupiter. Uh, all right, we're going to move on to some, some fun questions uh, for Bailey here to close out the show, but first a message from our sponsors. You ready?
0: Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes!
1: has seen pretty much everyone there is to see down in the Florida State League and I think people people that might know you from Twitter will recognize you as the guy who's always getting these selfies with these top prospects who come through Florida and so I came up with some sort of fun questions uh, to sort of get like some behind the scenes details on uh, those interactions that you've had with these with these players
2: Uh, Yeah, this is gonna be fun, and you know it's funny you mentioned that because I posted my graduation pictures yesterday, and like three or four people were like, "Where's the baseball player next to you?" (laughs)
1: Yeah, there there has to be some some baseball player at your at your graduation for you to take a selfie with as you're walking across the stage or something. Right. Um, Okay, so the let's we're gonna go from uh, you know most complimentary maybe to uh, least complimentary, but uh, who is the funniest prospect you've ever interacted with. And that could be them trying to be funny. them just naturally being funny. Or you just finding the way they were behaving to be very funny?
2: So I'm going to go with, uh, unintentionally funny and that would be steel Walker. When I met him, he was on the white Sox, and uh, now he's on the Rangers and just, you know, I, I didn't know anything about him besides, you know, that he was like, I believe the second round pick and he was a good player. So alright I'm, like, right, I'm going to try to get his autograph. I'm in, happen to be North Carolina. You know, this is going to be great. And he walks up and just like, I was really taken aback. I guess by like just the way he talked and like his voice. He's like very chill dude, but just um, he's like, uh, what's the word? Just like the way the way he talked. There's a word. Cadence, for that. cadence. Yeah, his cadence. It was just like, I totally caught me off guard. But it was, and, but he was also like you know cracking jokes at the same time and just. You know, I was not expecting it, but he was a very funny dude. So, um, you know, you, I ask, you sent me that question, uh, like, yesterday. I was like, the first guy that came in, immediately Steel Walker. Like, just really funny dude.
1: That's that's great. Um, Steel Walker. Wow. Uh, first first Steel Walker mentioned on the pod this year. All right. Uh, who is the nicest prospect you've ever interacted with?
2: I think I got to give you two for this, just because I can't sure. choose. but. Totally. Um I'm gonna go first off, gotta give a shout out to Pablo Lopez. Um, I met him in twenty eighteen when he was on the Jacksonville jumbo shrimp before he was a big time, you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. Um, and you know, um I was like, you know, looking at like the top thirty list, I saw, okay, he's like ranked like twenty-five. I'll get his autograph. I you know, I'm not sure if I want a picture with him, you know, he's just not that big of a name, but you know, I'll get his autograph. So I call him over and he was just like, Hey man, how's it going? How are you doing? You know, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, just so taken aback, like just, you know, just such a friendly dude. And I was like, gotta get a picture with him. And, uh, you know, every time I've interacted with him since he's always remembered me. He's always, um, you know, just been really nice. Um, I once played, there's an app called fight list. It's like uh, like a trivia app. He once played that with me. Um, so just, just such a really cool dude. Um, and, uh, Craig Mish, obviously like, you know, the Marlins reporter, I'm sure everyone listening knows him. Like he tweeted out something about like a month or so ago where like most Marlins press people will agree that Pablo is like the nicest person to ever put on a Marlins uniform. So I'm just I'm glad that uh, that people share the same opinion of him. And the other player I have to mention is uh, Tyler Stevenson. He is my favorite baseball player of all time. If you go look at my Twitter, he's my profile picture. Um, I met him in 2018 as well. And uh, anytime we would go to a Daytona Tortugas game, he would always you know stop uh, pregame to have a chat with me and my dad. Just you know just talk about how everything's going. And, uh, you know, and when he got to double A, we made sure to go see him in Jacksonville. And uh, now that he's in the majors, you know, we uh, got to see him in Miami. We specifically went to all three games uh, of that series just to see him. And he's just, you know, such a down to earth guy. And it's really been, you know, just really amazing experience to see him is, you know, rise from like, a, okay, is he going to make the majors to all of a sudden, like a top five catcher in baseball, just, you know, just really cool.
1: That's awesome, man. I you know I know that sometimes we we hear about the guys that play baseball that maybe aren't the nicest or aren't aren't the best with fans, but there are just some some really really great guys uh, out there playing the game. Um, so who is the most swaggy prospect you've ever interacted with?
2: So I think I'm going to go with uh, Victor Mesa Jr. here, the younger brother oh, of okay. uh, Victor Victor Mesa. Um, he's just he has such a cool vibe to him. Um, he always has like, you know, or I guess had because he's no longer on the Hammerheads. He got p- promoted to Beloit. But um, he always had like, you know, stuff on his helmet or uh, just had, you know, like uh, really nice shoes or cleats or uh, like socks. So he always had a really cool vibe to him. He's, he's just such a like a, a nice guy to talk to as well um, and not a prospect. Or I didn't meet him when he was a prospect, but I've met him at least five times at this point. So I got to give a shout out to Jazz Chisholm, who is the swaggiest player I've ever met. Right. um just you know plays the game with such passion and um you know he, he he does it you know for the kids too. like every game he's always signing autographs i i was at the perfect game tournament you know taking videos um with like i was working uh and uh, like as a videographer and he was just there like just shaking people's hands because he was there to see like the players but of course he's like you know big time name in the community now so like everyone's going up to him He was just you know so chill about it you know, had his really nice sunglasses on so uh, big fan of those two Marlins, uh, Mesa Jr. and Chisholm.
1: Yeah, Jazz, probably the swaggiest player anyone's ever interacted with. Yeah, so. pretty much. Uh, who is the most chill prospect you've ever interacted with?
2: Yeah, so this, this is an interesting question. I would almost, you know, I don't want to double up on answers, but I think, uh, I think you could also make the argument for Tyler Stevenson or Pablo Lopez here. Um, but I think I'll actually go with the name that I kind of doubt most people know at this point. I don't even know if he's on a team anymore, but Juan Martinez, a former, I guess, former, I don't think he's with the Reds anymore, but a former Reds pitching prospect. Uh, You could also uh, categorize him as nicest, but um, he, he's just, he's just such a good dude. So just chill. Um, You know, when we would go to games or really any Daytona Tortugas fans were there, he would always just say, you know, talk to fans, uh, you know, take his time. You know, I think he once offered a fan coffee, Um, You know, just such a cool guy and um, not a prospect, but I saw Richard Blyer on rehab uh, last week. Uh, He happened to have gone to the same college I'm starting at this fall, uh, FGCU. So he was, you know, sitting in the bullpen and, um, you know, I wanted to, you know, say hi to him. So between innings, I went over and said hi to him and I'm expecting like, okay, the game's starting back up. He's going to go sit down. No, he just kept talking to me during the game just so. Um, you know, not, not a prospect, but also a really chill dude, Richard Blyer. You know, shout out to him.
1: Okay. Uh, who's a person who took a selfie with you, but who most seemed like he really didn't want to?
2: So, you know, when you, when this question was presented to me, I'm like, okay, there's probably gonna be somebody who like, uh, I can point to, but honestly, I was like going through my pictures, I'm like, no, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's a one guy, but you know, there's two who I was like, okay, maybe these two. So I would go with Carter Kiboom. And it was not because he's, like, rude or whatever. It was just – it was at national spring training. There were a lot of people there, wearing for Turner, Soto, Scherzer, et cetera. So, you know, I see Keyboom come out. At the time, he was, like, you know, like a top 10 prospect in baseball. I'm like, oh, my God, I need a picture card to Kibum. So he came over. He didn't – you know, he didn't seem very enthused about the picture. (laughs) um, But, you know, he did it. And then an interesting one, in my opinion, is Christian Pache. Because, you know, if you look at his Twitter now, he's like, just super friendly guy. He's always like doing stuff for, you know, kids, giving them bats, meeting them. It's, you know, really awesome to see, you know, how he's growing the game. Um, I met him at an 11 a.m. Sunday game um, in the Florida. Heat. I don't think anyone wanted to be there. Um, You know, he didn't want to stop and sign before stretch, which is, you know, it's cool. And then he did come over. He wasn't very talkative. And I get, you know, he's a lot younger, I guess, you know, almost four years ago now than he is, you know, today. Um, but he did take the picture me, you know, gave a really nice smile, but it just, you know, at the time, you know, I would have told you like, yeah, you know, he was pretty nice. You know, he took a picture, gave me a nice smile, but you know, it didn't seem like he was like that happy to be signing autographs and being there, but I was clearly wrong. Cause he's, you know, turn, turned out to be like a really nice, uh, nice player.
1: Yeah. We all, we all have our good days and bad days. And uh, I definitely, th- I think the trade might've, um, you know, maybe lit a fire under him almost to sort of kind of soak everything in a bit more and appreciate sure. uh, sort of what you have. Uh, and then, if you have a different answer to this next question um, from that last one, who's the rudest prospect you've ever interacted with?
2: So, I think there's three, you know, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus because, you know, it could have just been a bad day or whatever. I don't, you know, but there are three um, experiences that I uh I can point to one of which is not a prospect and I'll say for last cuz it is topical with current events but the two prospects uh first off uh Gregory Soto uh Tigers closer mm-hmm. um I waited during an hour rain delay uh to you know meet pretty much him and that was it like there weren't really any other prospects on the flying tigers at the time um so I waited through the rain He's the first player to come out of the dugout or, sorry, clubhouse because he's the starting pitcher. And I'm like, Mr. Soto, do you have time for an autograph? Can I take a picture with you? And he looked at me and just kept walking, completely ignored me. And, you know, it's fine, right? You know, he waited an hour. Stark got pushed back. He's in a bad mood. But, you know, then he went out and pitched. And I tried to get him after the game. He looked at me, kept on walking. So that was, you know, not great. Um, similar thing happened with Zach Collins of the. Um, I guess he's on the blue jays now at the time he was on the charlotte knights of the white Sox. again one hour rain delay or actually that one was like an hour and a half and so by the time the players were coming out of the dugout there was literally like me and like one or two other people trying to get autographs we were going for Luis robert and nick madrigal who both signed by the way but the first guy out of the dugout zach collins did not sign but unlike soto he didn't ignore me but he did walk past me he was like sorry bro not today and like You know, I just waited an hour and a half in the rain so I can ask Zach Collins for an autograph. And he's the only, the pitcher isn't even with him yet. Like, it's not like he's in a rush. Like, everything's been delayed. Like, I don't know. I guess he just wasn't in a good mood because of the rain delay. I'm not holding it against him. But um, that came to mind when you asked the question. And now uh, the biggest one who, you know, Tommy Pham. Uh, I didn't meet him when he was a prospect. It was at uh, 2019 Rays Spring Training. And I do like the Rays. Uh, They're i guess tied for my favorite team with the orioles right now um so at the time i'm a big tommy fam fan you know he's a really good player for the team so he's going down the line i'm like i didn't even ask him for an autograph i'm like hey mr fam uh do you think you take a picture with me real quick please and he goes i'm not really photogenic but i'll sign your baseball and i go yeah that's fine was not rude at all and I, i said verbatim that's fine wasn't being rude i just you know me being, I guess at the time I was like, you know, 14 or 15, you know, I was disappointed. I didn't get to get a picture with one of my favorite players, but you know, I still was like, yeah, I'll take your autograph. And, and fam response was, that's fine. Skip <laughs> past me and kept going down the line. I'm like, there's, there's no way that just happened. So I go, you know, I move further down the line where he's keeps going. He signs for the person next to me, then looks at me, skips me, and goes to the next person. I'm like, what is going on? Cause it wasn't like, I was like, no, I want you to take a picture of me. I was like, oh, I guess I'll take an autograph. I was like, yeah, that's fine. You know, like I'll take the autograph and I guess he took it the wrong way. But like, I don't even know why he, you know, I, I mean, he's not, no one's, you know, in, I'm not entitled to take a picture with whatever player I want, but you know, it just, the whole, the whole interaction was odd. So I guess I just feel kind of vindicated by uh, <laughs> developments in the news. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, He definitely seems to be uh the real Tommy fam is very, very clear, uh, for people to see, but like, I don't even mind. Like, I mean, the, you know, we're always going to have guys like that in yeah. in baseball. It's just, it's just, uh, kind of funny. Like you don't want to, you don't want to slight Tommy fam, whether it's, uh, the way you're using an IL spot or the way you <laughs> respond to him, uh, saying that he's willing to, to sign your baseball. So. Yeah. I gotta be uh, careful
2: not to stash him on my IL. Well, actually I would never, I would never even roster him at this point. So, not something I'll have
1: to worry about. I kind of almost, I kind of almost like Gregory Soto more after hearing that story because it's just he's got the eye of the tiger. He has he has no time for fans. He has no time to to take photos. He's just yeah. just all business going out for the ninth inning. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, this was really fun, um, Bailey. Why don't you uh, let people know where they can follow your work, and we'll let you get to practicing that uh, valedictorian speech. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, thanks again, just for having me on. I really enjoyed this discussion and um, yeah. So for where you can find me, you can find me on Twitter um, at XWO Bailey. So like the baseball stat x and then my name um, and you can find me on the uh, Florida prospect report, me and my co-host, Eric, you'll you probably know him as Eric underscore birdland on Twitter. Uh, we do semi-weekly episodes about, um, you know, just what we see down here in the Florida state league and uh as well as the Florida Complex League, which I think is called Gulf Coast League again. they always changing the names, but yeah. So uh, yeah, just you know, follow me on Twitter, and you know, you'll see all the uh, highlights from games I go to.
1: Awesome, yeah, definitely recommend following Bailey on Twitter, and uh, really appreciate you taking the time, man. I've been a big fan of of what you're putting out there, so uh, hope hope you keep it up at at Florida Gulf Coast University um, if you have time, but it wouldn't be surprised if uh, you have less time on your hands than you think you will, but um, really appreciate it, man. Uh, Good luck with everything uh, this upcoming week.
2: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.